Good morning and greetings, my friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Today we're doing what we've done for years, week after week after week, and that is starting our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. Today we're finishing our Psalms for probably the fourth time, maybe, something like that. Uh, maybe more. We've been doing this really pretty much since the beginning. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 148, 149, and 150. Um, all fairly short. Psalm 148 is 14 verses. These are psalms of praise. Psalm 149 is 8 verses. And then the final psalm, Psalm 150, is 6 verses. And then we're also going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 6. I thought I'd get my rant out of the way first so you could just focus on uh, listening to the Word of God. You know, something interesting that comes up occasionally uh, in the Scriptures is the speaking of creatures uh, that people try to act like never existed or don't still exist. Uh, you, the King James Bible, as an example, has several areas where it speaks of unicorns, dragons. Uh, in this particular uh, psalm, Psalm 148, it's talking about just how you should be praising God and how he's the creator and author of all these things, right? The sun and the moon and the stars and everything should praise him, including the dragons. Verse 7 says, Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons. And all deeps. Now this word that's used for dragons is only used a few times in the Bible. But it refers to a creature. Uh, just in case you're curious, the Hebrew word is tanim. Or tanin. And uh, it's also used in Ezekiel 29.3. You can look that one up. Uh, but it's it means a marine or land monster. That is, sea serpent. And it's used multiple times in the scriptures, like I said. And that's what the Hebrew word means, which is why the King Dreams translators translated it as dragon. So here comes the rant part. You know, we live in a time when we think we have the most knowledge about the world, about the earth, about the universe. But really, it's a time when I think that the general population has the least amount of knowledge. Most people don't leave their home cities, much less their home states, much less travel the world, as an example. So everybody's, you know... I'll use myself as an example. Born and raised in the state of Indiana, still live in the state of Indiana. I've been around the United States, but never left the country unless you count the Virgin Islands, which are still owned by the United States. How would I possibly be able to claim to know or be an expert on what's in the world and what's not? The only knowledge I have is what comes through the government-created textbooks, the propaganda machine known as the television, 
That's my understanding of the world outside of the United States. And that is the case for 99.99999% of human beings, wherever they are in the world. I think about the people who they act like they're experts on like this on like the universe. I'm like, really? You know, you're an expert on that. You you know this for sure. Because of what? Because of the garbage you've been spoon-fed on the History Channel that's all CGI from NASA and government agencies. You've got to figure it figured out. You're not a, an expert on how the world works and what actually exists out in the world. There might actually be dragons. There might actually be unicorns to this day. How would you know? You've never stepped more than 100 miles away from where you were born. You're not an expert. What you are is a regurgitator of corporate, of government propaganda. Plain and simple. You know what the textbooks say, you know what the History Channel says, you know what NASA says. You're an expert on mythology. It's kind of like you have people who are really into Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, which I think is a f- incredible piece of work. But you'll have people who are, they basically become scholars of his work, of the lore and, and all the things, which is cool. I'm not beating you down about it. But what they're scholars in is in make-believe, right? They're experts on the make-believe. That's how I view people who regurgitate things from NASA and the History Channel and the Discovery Channel. And you're, yeah, you're an expert, but it's in mythology. If you really want to know what's out there, you'd have to either experience it yourself or the Word of God is also a great place to start. So there's my rant. I'm sure I'll get all kinds of love for it. But I thought I'd get it out of the way early. Now let's go to the Word of God and let it do the rest of the speaking, shall we? Psalm 148, 149, and 150, and then I'll get to our Proverbs chapter 6 for today. Open up your hearts. Let's see what the Word of God has to say. Verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise ye Him, all His angels. Praise ye Him, all His host. Praise ye Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For He commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever, and he hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons, and all deeps. Fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy wind, fulfilling his word. Mountains and all the hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes, and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, 
for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all of his saints, even the children of Israel. A people near unto him, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 149 Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautifully the meek with salvation. Let me read that again. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with his salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon the judgment written, This honor have all his saints, praise ye the Lord. Psalm 150, the last psalm of the book. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And that is the end of our psalms. And as far as I know, we'll, Lord willing, we'll just be starting that over next week as we have year after year after year, unless the Lord leads me in another direction. I guess we'll see when Monday rolls back around. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 6. Let's get a little bit of wisdom to start our week. Although, real quick, I want to add one more thought to the beginning rant. You know, one of the things I used to be disappointed about growing up is I was like, man, there's just nothing left to discover. Everything's been discovered and mapped out and charted and 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 photographed and and how cool it would have been to live in a time when there was so much mystery and you might travel to a new land and you didn't know what kind of people were there, what kind of creatures were there. What kind of... And I used to think, what a tragedy, that's not possible anymore. But let me tell you what I've, the, the thought I've developed over the last probably seven years is that it's actually possible because I don't believe everything's charted and everything's photographed, and everything's mapped. And I think a lot of what we think we know about the world that's taught, through us, taught to us through education, through the television, through all this nonsense, is simply that. Nonsense. And there's still more mystery and wonder left to this great place that God created. We'd have to open our eyes, 
and kind of remove the blinders that's been put upon us to actually see it. Let's get some wisdom, shall we? The book of Proverbs, chapter 6. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son. Deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend. Go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thy eyes, nor slumber to thy eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. Which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gather her food in the harvest. Please note, here's some wisdom modern Western civilization needs today. There's no reward for being lazy. And there's no excuse for being lazy. And the Lord does not view with kindness sluggardness, which is why the scriptures speak against it all the time. You don't work, you don't eat. What is Solomon saying here? He says, hey, lazy person, go look at the ant. They don't have a boss. Somebody march or somebody uh, spouting off orders to them. And yet, look what they do. They work to ensure that they have food at the time of harvest. They provideth meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Verse 9, How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a froward mouth. That means perverse mouth. He winketh with his eye. He speaketh with his feet. He teaches with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. It says, watch out for this guy. He speaks perversities. He's wicked. He's doing little tricks with his hands and he's giving you a little wink. He's deceiving you. He's creating mischief. He's sowing discord. Verse 15, Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Please note, before we read these, I, I feel like today in churches and in Christianity in general, people try to act like God doesn't hate anything. He just loves everything, loves every behavior. He's good with every life choice you make. What do the scriptures say? These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. These seven things are an abomination to the Lord. He hates them. What are they? 
verse 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift to running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. If you notice, almost all of these point to some type of falsehood or deception. Lying tongues. False witnessing. Sowing discord amongst God's people. God hates that. I would say a lot of gossipers, they fall into this without knowing that they're falling into this. They're walking around, maybe they walk around the office or wherever it is you work and they're constantly saying, did you hear about so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? That sows discord. Let's continue on. Verse 20, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman. From the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteries will hunt for the precious life. Listen, my friends, especially men. Adultery. Giving in to the lust and the flattery of a strange woman for a short moment of pleasure will destroy your life and bring you to ruin. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. Same goes for women. Don't wreck your family and lose everything. To, to gratify the flesh for three minutes. It's not worth it. Verse 27. This is, this is so brilliant. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? You think that, oh, I can do this thing and I can get away with it. Nobody will know. Nobody will be the wiser. You know, my wife will never be hurt because of this because it's just a thing I'm doing in private. You're, it's like bringing fire and pressing it against your chest. You think you're not going to get burned? Verse 28, Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found... He shall restore sevenfold, and he shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery 
with a woman lack of understanding. And he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Listen to what the wisest man to ever live is saying. He's like, you know, somebody might steal something because they're starving to death. And it's wrong and they should repay what they've stolen. Right? But at least you can kind of understand what's happening here. But a person who commits adultery, sleeps with his neighbor's wife, he's destroyed his own soul. You can't repay that. You destroyed families, your own, your neighbors, your own children's, your neighbor's children's. There's severe consequences. This is why the Bible warns so much about adultery and fornication and all these things. It's not because God's like, I don't want you to enjoy sex. It's because he doesn't want you to destroy your life. I heard a pastor, and I've I've brought this up before. It just kind of resonates with me. He says a lot of times when God says don't sin, he says he's saying don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. We're almost done here. Three more verses. A word and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom. Neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. My friends, that is our wisdom and encouragement for this morning. I pray it's been a blessing to you, and I pray that my rant to start the show didn't turn you off from the realities and the truth of God's Word. I pray it's went forth and pierced your hearts and caused you to draw closer to Him this morning and to start your week with the right frame of mind. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.